Life is complex, so is our mental health. It cannot be understood by diagnosis alone. Our philosophy is treat the person, not the mental illness. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Humanizing Mental Health. I am a little bit stressed out, Trent Akers. And I'm Jeremy Alcorn. Yeah. Well, I just said that because I was a little bit late um, getting into record today, and it actually kind of leads into our topic for discussion. Um, Jeremy, do you have do you ever have negative emotions, Ben? Absolutely, every single day. Mm. Yeah, and uh, tell me about those negative emotions. Yeah, well, there's a variety of things in which I would respond or react to mm-hmm. either internal stimuli, some kind of memory that connects, um, or uh, to an external, something that is happening, and I, my my body and my um, cognition respond to it uh in I think very very natural normal ways, mm-hmm. and sometimes in distorted ways too, where it's way bigger than what maybe um, the response would be reasonable. Yeah, and and I I think you've hit a really important point there, where we talk about these things and, but you know I I because um I don't know like I we've talked about um toxic positivity I think uh, in a couple episodes, but I'll ask you like how um legitimate do you think that those negative emotions are um or how i shouldn't say legitimate um um where they're um validated by either other people in your life or by society in general yeah so like i i think kind of at the core of one of the things you're saying is why do they even exist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like if if it's something that um in our world if our world was intended for us to have a, a joy and happiness, um, if that's part of what the human experience is or what the goal is, then why do these so-called negative emotions even exist? Mm, yeah. And, and, you know, I think that that's a really, really salient point because I think, like, you know, there, there's so many things about our um, our world, you know, where it's like, come on, get happy. And I mean, happy. It's, sorry, I'm just thinking about the old Partridge family there. And it's we, we have this idea where we're striving for happiness. But is happiness really the appropriate emotion sometimes? Is positive always needed in the moment? Or, you know, negativity sometimes is because as I talk about with a lot of my clients, that, um, you know, negativity, even though we don't like to experience it, sometimes those negative emotions can keep us safe. That can be, you know, the boat that as you're riding down the river of well-being, that can really protect us from the rocks. Yeah, there's a reason that they exist. Like, um, the, the way I like to say it is there are not good feelings and bad feelings. Mm-hmm. There's only feelings. And the question is, why is it here? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is this um, trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that because I, you know, it's um, it's almost like symbolic interactionism. We are assigning the uh, the designation to it. It's kind of like um, George Carlin would say, "You have a thought, and I can't pop like he does." But then we assign a word 
to that thought or to that feeling. And by there, then we're even narrowing the window of specificity and even disconnecting from what's going on around us. Sure. So a lot of people would want to really try to avoid anger. Mm-hmm. They would want to tr- really try to avoid sadness, fear. Mm-hmm. They don't want to experience them. Um, in fact, uh, one of our, our colleagues, I was camping with them at, at uh, recently, and he's talking about our world and how much we have medicated our ourselves out of of feelings. Now, don't get me wrong; there, mm. I, I want to be very clear. There is a a role for medication in the mm. treatment of some emotional mental health concerns. Uh, it's just that it's become such a big uh, part of the treatment that uh, he he used a a key phrase. He said, "You know." what the opiate is of the masses. And I was like, hmm, what, what, do you, what are you saying? He goes, well, the opiate of the masses are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, SSRIs. And it's like we're numbing out the human experience at times instead mm. of experiencing it. Yeah, and sometimes too, like when when that comes up, like I almost think of like the toxic positivity movement, or even to like we worry about people not being resilient enough, not being able to cope with stress, but really having that ability to be able to sit in those emotions in tiny ways, though those uncomfortable feelings. That's where you build up the resiliency. Yeah, absolutely. And where you come to a place where those feelings aren't so big, mm-hmm. they're not so hard mm-hmm. um, because they become a welcome part of your experience. And uh, and you, you, you're figuring out what is it that, that this is here for? Mm-hmm. Um, why am I angry? Oh, I'm angry because a boundary has been crossed. Mm-hmm. Well, then rather than raging out, Mm-hmm. Because it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to be mean. Right there. And, and I think that, that, that that's a key distinction. It's like you're okay with like how you're feeling. That's legitimate. It's what is the appropriate response to that that is also going to validate where that other person is at yeah. and yourself. It becomes a part of an understanding. When does this emotion actually become a problem? Because um, we look at uh, intensity, we look at, uh, well, intensity, frequency, duration. Mm-hmm. Um, no, how, how big is this? Mm-hmm. Um, how often is it happening? How long does it last? Because mm-hmm. if someone is sitting in an experience of anger for a long period of time, it will, uh, even if they are able to manage their behavior, the, the intensity that radiates off that person um, is felt by others and it will interfere with relationships and not to mention their own physical body. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you think about hardening of the arteries, issues mm-hmm. with the heart, the yep. lungs, and then too, like what sort of foods are you eating? How is that affecting your sleep mm-hmm. and everything? And then it almost becomes a negativity spiral. Yeah, absolutely. Where that intensity of that anger as it sits there too long, um, pushing the, the fight, um, uh, in, in that fight or flight, pushing that, pushing that, and having those uh, stress horm- hormones continually run through us, well, it's not going to be good for us. And, and so it's more about finding a balance. Um, we're definitely not giving the, the message that 
it's okay to sit in the negative emotions ongoing for a long period of time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, because that that will be harmful for a person it's also not not good for a person to push it down absolutely you know i almost wonder if it's warranted um breaking out our old friend gabor mate here Mm -hmm. where he talks about the whole idea of the difference between stressed and triggered oh yeah Uh, speak to that because in fact Uh, ethan for for me i'm trying to remember what that is so like the the whole idea is like where he talks about like where uh it's it's and i mean i'm not meaning to blame or shame people here but within our society you know like a lot of people say oh i'm triggered i'm triggered i'm triggered but where gabor talks about the fact that um there is a whole continuum between feeling stressed feeling uh, like a little bit anxious, feeling uncomfortable, all the way up to triggered. And the idea with being triggered is that did this, um, like what was your level of upset? What was your level of discomfort? And also to how long did that impact you? Was it just in the moment or was this for days, hours, or weeks? Sure, I like that. And I would actually add to that to say, how far did that push my body? Like, for example, I, I spoke in a previous um, episode about an experience in which after uh, I went for an, an eye treatment mm-hmm. that uh, that I smelt burnt dog hair when they were doing this eye treatment. And and actually, when I went back for further treatments, that, that was not... Um, that was dissociative. Mm-hmm. It was actually an olfactory um, memory that connected back to a previous event that had happened to my eyes. And so, so part of it is, is actually the physicality of what's going on for us that, you know, are we actually triggered? Um, and how intense is that? Because we get to maybe um, not live a human experience, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, um, or yeah, or we or, call these things problems. They're not actually problems. They're part of a human experience. Absolutely, and then then you're narrowing it even further. You're either narrowing it by, like you talked about with our colleague, where we're using the opiate of the masses, which I love that. Now I'm going to use mm-hmm. it from now on, or we're saying, okay. Um, you know, that, that, that's triggering that, you know, we need to steer away from that. And then we end up being like joy from inside out where we're only focusing on the positive. And I think that that is where, um, that's where the toxic positivity comes from. And, um, I know, um, in one of our previous episodes, we, uh, talked about learned helplessness, but I, I think what, what we really need to do is we need to talk about, um, learned optimism in the sense that you know we're not denying these negative feelings we're not denying the negative events right. but we're also striving for resiliency we're striving for the positive while accepting the negative sure sure um it, what really kind of resonates with me is the notion of integration mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that actually if you're able to, as you mentioned in the, the movie Inside Out, then when, when sadness was able to participate as part of the whole, then actually the character Riley was able to move through what was she was struggling with and get to the other side. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And do you? Uh, and even if you notice with sadness, sadness was really the internal counselor, the listener, the one that was there to comfort. And sometimes too, like that, with negative emotions can also come empathy and understanding. Right. Yeah. Like this life is intended for us to learn. Mm-hmm. And what are we going to learn if it's Disneyland every day? Yeah. It will become meaningless. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, that that's where, you know, we almost get stuck in like the three-year-old child perspective, like where it's, you know, it's all about me and how can I feed my happiness? So your happiness goes from a companion to, you know, for lack of a better term, like a monster that is like, feed me, feed me all of these, feed me the serotonin, feed me the dopamine. I need it more. I need it now because I just don't want to go over there. And that's when we have a problem. Yeah, because what will happen is we'll have no ability to tolerate any kind of distress. And this world um, is not a place just full of fluffy bunnies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there are fluffy bunnies, but fluffy bunnies bite. <laughs> get their back legs up and yeah and if you've ever seen a bunny that has been forced into a corner you you don't don't try to pet that bunny (laughs) absolutely and i couldn't help but think of like when i was saying feed me i almost wanted to say feed me seymour feed me (laughs) you were you read my mind little shop of horrors yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um so you know i was thinking about this too um, like as we're talking about experiencing negative feelings, negative emotions, um, I'm like we're not we're not telling people to go out there. Like we're just talking about people being open to that. Um, and two ways that I can think of for those of us that are interested in doing this, either from um, an emotion standpoint or from a physiological standpoint. Um, first of all, if you want to do it from a physiological standpoint, you can do it through box breathing where you're actually, you're slowly putting your body into um, levels of, of uh, just a little bit of distress where you're actually running out of oxygen and you're building up that resiliency mm-hmm. so that you're, you're, you're recognizing, okay, what is this discomfort? And you're just sort of preparing your body for that. Another one too, which I use quite a bit with my clients, is the RAIN method, which is an acronym, which is recognize, investigate, accept, and non-commitment. So you recognize, okay, what emotion am I coming from? You investigate, okay, wait, well, what's going on? And then you say, you know, it's kind of like inviting that unwelcomed house guest. You bring them in and you're like, okay, hang on, sit down with me. I'm going to invite you in. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what am I experiencing. And then you have non-commitment where you say, you know, I, I'm experiencing a moment of distress. I'm experiencing a moment of sadness. I am not sad, but that emotion has come to visit me. And I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to let it tell. Let me tell its story. And then I'm going to also help it to leave when it needs to leave Mm -hmm, absolutely you know trent there's sometimes and this is one of these moments and so i gotta say it out loud yeah that i wish you could be my therapist oh thank you (laughs) i I greatly appreciate that yeah Yeah. because um what you're describing is this path 
of integration, mm-hmm. um, things that people haven't necessarily learned. And sometimes, uh, um, and I come from a, a very kind of, uh, a lot of times informal position. Sometimes we need something that is uh, a model or a, uh, um, a set of instructions to go, hey, this is how you can do this. And you can work from one step to another um, towards that integration of those feelings. Yeah, and and and, uh, and absolutely. And the thing is, is that as you're working with these models, if you can't get all the way through or you're like stuck in an area, that's okay. Because, you know, just because you don't do it all the time, maybe you need to be in that mode. It's kind of like if I'm stuck in the recognition mode, maybe that's when you need to do a little self-investigation or you need to say, this is the time that I can seek out professional help. Yeah, in fact, um, I want to tag back to something and come back to that point of professional help. Can, can you actually... Um, give some instructions around how box breathing works. Okay, so with with box breathing, um, so uh, depend. First of all, like like the, there's basically four parts. So what you will do is you want to either sit or lie down wherever you are, like wherever you're comfortable. And what, uh, you can usually do a four by four breathing. So what you want to do is you want to breathe in, you want to hold for uh, hold, uh, breathe in for four seconds. So you know, if you want to do this with me, Jared, so yeah. we want to go breathe in one, two, three, four, and then you want to hold one, two, three, four, and then release one, two, three, four, and then we're going to take a break. One, two, three, four. And what you want to do is you'd want to do that a few times. Normally you want to do it for about maybe three or four times and you can lengthen or you can shorten different parts to help activate different things. So the more that you hold or the more that you breathe out, you're actually activating um, part of your vagus nerve and you're kind of, that's a safe way to sort of experience um, 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 distolerance or like where you're not getting your regular breathing that can be a way to help calm yourself down if you're feeling anxious or like I said put yourself in some safe anxiety yeah so um, uh, this being really clear is not to shut down the feeling what this is is when the feeling becomes so big that I don't feel like I can handle it that it is an attempt to be able to bring yourself back into a place in which you're back in, as they call the window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. And and then when you can tolerate it, then it's not about shoving it away. It's about that investigation part that we talked about, mm-hmm. about what, mm-hmm. what is this here for? What is this about? Does this Is this a manifestation in this moment of something that actually connects back to my past? And mm-hmm. maybe that's why it's bigger than what it needs to be. Um, or is this really a direct response to what's happening now? And you can tease those things apart, just being very curious about it. Absolutely. Like like we will talk about, like, or like I've talked about with the IFS, like that's the capital P person. Or for some of our younger listeners, that would be like coming from your heart space. So how would your heart approach this? How can you open your heart to this emotion? Mm-hmm. And so it allows you actually to be able to welcome in the feeling because it's not so big that you can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And then you were mentioning about uh, really at times when things get so 
um, big that they they actually represent a, a bigger problem that they they actually come to a place of of illness. Like mm-hmm. in in my own life, I'd be able to identify at least twice where um, I would meet the criteria for a major depressive disorder, mm-hmm. where uh, I lost interest in things, where I um, d- felt down all day or almost all day um, with a, a cluster of other things, sleep, concentration, and so forth, um, but for a, a minimum of a two-week window. Now, keeping in mind that that's the diagnostic criteria, and uh, and we're really looking at that as an illness model, there is times in which some things get so overwhelming that they they get into that state. And we may need to look at some deeper, deeper things there. Um, we may not be able to just sit in that negative emotion all of the time. We might need to be able to push away from it. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes, as we've talked about um, on the podcast here, I'm sure where we've talked about being nervous system to nervous system and having that co-regulation, because sometimes our window of tolerance is not big enough, so we need to borrow somebody uh, somebody else's brain, their embodied brain, and we need to borrow their nervous system to help tackle these emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's really what us therapists are here for, along with providing psychoeducation and good jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's about therapy, it's about community connection. It's about recognizing don't deal with this alone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because uh, because we weren't intended as human beings to be alone. No, absolutely. We're wired to connect. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We've had a really meaningful discussion today, <laughs> haven't we? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm curious, Jared, like, uh, what are you going to take away from today's podcast? Well, I think one of the biggest things that jumped out of me in terms, uh, uh, jumped out at me, not from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe some of your emotions are jumping out. Uh, is is um, is is really as we we're talking about this and the importance of the idea of integration mm-hmm. that that we're able to be able to have a sense of of what are these feelings here for, so that I can listen to them, so that they can settle down. Mm-hmm. And uh, when those feelings uh, have their purpose has been um, met, then they usually um, settle back down. Absolutely, and you know, and I, I think I think that's something that I, even though I work with emotions all the time, like every once in a while, like when I've got in my head, um, and you just reiterated that I'm going to take away. Rather than saying stop it, I'm going to say, wait, I need to stop for you to listen, so I can listen to you, not you. Stop talking to me mm-hmm. in terms of my emotions. But on that note, as we're sitting here talking to ourselves, um, you know, and we're queuing into our own emotions, I invite the rest of our listeners to do the same. And if you hopefully can utilize some of these skills and uh, have a good, good, bad, or any other kind of day that you're having today. But on that note, I'm Trent Nakers. And I'm Jeremy Alcorn. See you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message has been as meaningful to you as it has been to us. If you're looking for help, you can find us on Facebook at Humanizing Mental Health.